You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome, everyone, to RB1 Colon Fantasy of Football Podcast, part of the Fake Teams Podcast channel. I am the consummate professional, first ranking officer of the Terry McLaurin Stand Club, constant doubter of Alvin Kamara, and BFFs with the Oracle, your humble host, Pete Rogers. And I'm joined by not only the guys, but I'm also joined by Bert. But we've got the Duck Father, recovering Texans fan, foreteller of Devontae Parker's breakout, and caster of the double reverse chutzpah, resident old man Clark Barnes, Scotty Miller fanboy, mule skinner of the Ertz, Zach Ertz decline wagon, Jimmy Graham's favorite cornhole partner, and the coach whisperer, the wine sipper, the Will Disleyer, working girl Jordan Smith, and finally, fantasy football's premier internet doctor, loather of Adam Gase, sub-lieutenant of the SS Deshaun Jackson, and thinks your favorite team is run by donkeys, the ginger clean shave man nick bodiford guys how are we doing today doing great pete doing good good pete how are you i am doing well it is a glorious day in uh new hampshire so cannot complain cannot complain uh we are as i take a delightful sip of my beverage we are going to try out as we always try to find the right way to do this uh, Starts and Sits podcast, we're going to take it back to the old days where we go game by game and we are going to talk about matchups, players, whatever in that game we are intrigued by from a fantasy standpoint. And if we have nothing to say, then we won't say anything. So how about that? What do you know about our ability to uh, control and uh, not speak, not fill the space and time of un- unless it's necessary? as I'm doing a great example of at this moment. <laughs> I'm getting Perfect. faces from everyone. Nailed it. All right. Well, let's start us off. Let's start off week two with Thursday night football, Cincinnati Bengals heading to the Cleveland Browns off to a great start. Um, and this is a game. We talked about this on Tuesday's podcast and Clark was trying to talk me off the ledge of, of Odell Beckham, that this is a game we might finally see uh the Browns offense look a little bit more as to what we were expecting. So it's one weekend and the Bengals looked absolutely terrible against a team. That's probably not going to be very good in the chargers. Uh, The Browns looked absolutely terrible against maybe one of the best teams in the NFL. And so I think that we'll get another really interesting data point this week. What I think is going to happen is that this will be a bounce back game for the Browns. I don't think that they are as bad as they looked against the world beating Ravens. I think that both running backs, you know, will have enough room to have a good game this week. And I think that the squeaky wheel is going to get the grease and that Odell Beckham is going to be targeted heavily and often as the Browns bounce back. Uh, The Bengals, man, if there was any way that I could get away from playing even Joe Mixon, I would. They just seem very bad. I need some help being talked off the Odell ledge as well, because I, I have. Jordan, did you listen Twitter. to Tuesday's podcast? I I haven't gotten around to it. I haven't spent like any podcast three hours on it. Oh, sure. Um, I, I will go back and I'll listen to it before I pull uh, the trigger on an intriguing trade offer that I have for him. Ooh. But he got 10 targets the other day and he still wasn't able to reel all of them in. He's, like last year, the offense wasn't great, and he was good for like 14 or 15 points every contest. But I, I don't know; it's a pretty ugly, uh, pretty ugly streak there. And I feel like he's pretty touchdown dependent at this point because he's not getting it in yards. Yeah, if we don't see it I, this week, I will be full on panic. Yeah, it's taking it's five cents on the dollar. Ugh, God, I don't want to sell him. I just did this last year. Should we break yeah, down it, my dynasty offer for him? Yeah, later let's in the hear show? it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so right now it's, 
people have Jordan Howard and Kenny Galladay for Michael Thomas, Darius Slayton, Tevin Coleman, and a second and a fourth round pick in 2023. What was what was the first part of that? You got cut off. Odell. Oh, Odell, Kenny Galladay, and Jordan Howard for essentially Michael Thomas, Darius Slayton, and Tevin Coleman. I don't hate that. Do I hate that? I mean, I don't love it now that Michael Thomas, and we'll touch on this when we get to a Monday night football about the Saints playing the Raiders, but I mean, Michael Thomas is dealing with a high ankle sprain is missing a couple of weeks. So I feel like, I feel like you've got some wiggle room with this trade. Yeah. I think you, you, you kind of just, I don't know if you're going to end up keeping anybody other than Michael Thomas for very long. Uh, like Coleman is perhaps in the prime or back end of his prime of his career. Uh, Jerry Slayton, that, pass catching room is super crowded in, in, uh, in New York. And, you know, who, who knows what Jason Garrett's going to do there. I'd probably stick with the two set receivers with Galladay and Beckham, but I get if, if this week doesn't work out, then, I mean, it might be time to just like go full panic mode. I do really like some of the stuff from, from last week regarding Beckham. He had 37 and a half percent of the team's uh, air yards, which is like pretty damn high. Uh, as you mentioned, Jordan, he had, he had 10 targets, which was almost double what the next closest person had. I think two, two players, I think it was Jarvis and, and Hunt both had six. I think it kind of just comes down to uh, Baker really more than anything else. And can he stop seeing ghosts behind what is now a good offensive line? I I really hope that uh, thankfully I've forgotten their previous general manager's name. Uh, You know, it's, it's kind of unforgivable what he did. Wasn't it Dorsey? Yeah. Okay. I didn't need you to bring that demon back in my life, Pete, but thank you for doing so. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think that they, 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 they've made him see ghosts and hopefully you can get past that. But I, I do think this is a good uh, outing for him to do so. Excellent. Well, Odell bounce back. If it's not happening, sell him, <clears throat> get out from under him while you still can. To calm anybody down though, about Nick Chubb, who had a bit of a down week, uh, I mean, just go check out the box score and see what the Chargers did, what their rushing game did to to the Bengals last week. Like, this should be the Nick Chubb show. Yeah, Nick Chubb is going to be, uh, shall we say, full Chubb. Uh, all right, next game, Jacksonville Jaguars heading to Tennessee to take on the Titans. I, For me personally, the only person I feel like I just want to uh, reemphasize in this, and it's not something that – it's not a start and sit. It's so much as a DFS play. Derrick Henry, just for like his entire history of NFL-ness, has just eviscerated the Jaguars every time he's faced them. So if you're looking for a running back in DFS, Derrick Henry is going to more than live up to his price tag, I'm sure, this week. Yeah, I think this is pretty straightforward. You're going to play your stars. I think Derrick Henry is in there. I think DJ Chark is in there. Uh, I think the over-under for this game that I saw was 42. And in a divisional matchup with teams that both seemed quite happy to play slow, I'd be surprised if we hit the over. So it should be a fun real football game, but I don't expect many highlights coming out of this one. Splendid. All right, well, let's carry on. Uh, NFC South showdown, another one for the Buccaneers as they go, as the Panthers now come to visit them, bring that trash-ass defense uh, to go face the Buccaneers. This is, so there's a lot to talk about here because we touched on Mike Evans on Tuesday's show about whether or not we're worried about him. Now, Chris Godwin is in concussion protocol, so that's something to certainly to monitor. Um, before, though, I really delve into my take about why this could be not a Mike Evans bounce back. Jordan, since you're on the podcast, uh, just a round of applause for Scotty Miller. I mean, how excited, how happy was your Sunday watching Scotty Miller just I don't know, announce himself, his presence felt to the NFL at large? Uh, it wasn't as explosive as I thought or would have liked, but he definitely did look like uh, somebody who Tom Brady was pretty comfortable tossing the football to, which is great news for an offense that didn't quite look like it was all the way there. Um, and they they definitely need more reps together for that sort of thing to click. And I, I feel like it's going to get there at some point, just not immediately. Yeah. And so talking about people who uh, Tom Brady likes to throw the ball to, this is why I put out my wide receiver rankings today on faketeams.com. Go check them out. This is why I am not super sold that Mike Evans is in for a huge week simply because I don't know. I feel like we talked about this on Tuesday, but this is, this is, he is right for a Tom Brady ice out where Bruce Arians threw Tom Brady under the bus 
because of Mike Evans not running there or because Mike Evans is supposed to sit in that zone. I just feel like you never throw Tom Brady. Like Tom Brady is going to take vengeance on both Arians and Mike Evans. And I feel like that's going to come to the fact of him just targeting Scotty Miller, OJ Howard and Gronk 500 times and just ignoring Mike Evans. So I know people are feeling like this is ripe for a Mike Evans bounce back. And it very well could be, it could be a game where Brady and Mike Evans like work super hard in practice and they click and this is where we're going to see that that kind of relationship take off, especially if Chris Godwin is banged up. But personally, for me, I am not quite sold that like this is going to be a Mike Evans breakout game or or just like a, a return to greatness. I think this is could likely be a Mike Evans sees like three targets for a catch and fifteen yards. I don't know. Hey, uh, uh, beer bet Mike Evans finishes in the top fifteen of wide receivers this week. Well, I haven't ranked as wide receiver 15, so but I'll take it. Okay. Sure. All right, cool. I mean, uh, Arians, in, in the, the Roto World blurb pretty much summed it up well, but in an uh, in interview yesterday, he said something like he feels, he personally feels bad if Mike Evans doesn't get 10 or more targets a week. And with Godwin and the concussion protocol, I'm not convinced that this will be the like Scotty slash tight end bonanza. Um, we know that they can't throw to anybody in their backfield. Um, spicy take, but, uh, but a yeah, fair no, take. I think, I think this will be a, 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 like vintage Mike Evans performance. The, the matchup is so, so sweet. The too. Panthers the, look that, like yeah. hot trash. Yeah. And I'm, I'm leaning towards uh, Brady trying to turn over a new leaf, maybe taking a cue from uh, Cam Newton, backing up his young wide receiver who had kind of a tough game. Uh, I saw you said that to me, Clark. Nothing yeah. made my nothing made my day more than watching Cam Newton back up Nikhil Harry, tell him it's okay. Yeah, so Nikhil Harry had a pretty bad fumble on Sunday, and Cam was asked about it today, and he said, "Hey, man, that kind of overshadows a really great game that he had. He bailed me out of a couple of plays, and you know whether it's true or not, that's 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 a way to lead, and I think that that's a much better way to lead than just being a dick all the time. So maybe Tom <laughs> Brady will uh, figure out, hey, if someone makes a mistake, maybe you don't rake them over the coals for it and be rude to them for the next uh, 13 weeks, which is what I think is going to happen with Mike Evans. I think Ronald Jones is going to have a good game. I think anything that you can do to get any bucks into this game against the Panthers is going to be good. And if they weren't playing Christian McCaffrey, I would say – Absolutely do not start the running back opposing this Bucks defense. Alvin Kamara had a good day, but he had a good day because he caught touchdown passes. He was getting stuffed. The Saints could not run the ball very effectively unless they were doing some pretty wacky gadget plays with uh, Taysom Hill and, you know, end arounds like that. So I think, again, we're seeing that this Bucks defense is going to be extremely stout against the run. But also, it's Christian McCaffrey, so you have to start him. But starting next week, we probably want to avoid the Bucks D. Quickly, can we all just agree that the fumbling the ball out the back of the end zone is a touchback and changing a possession is just the dumbest rule in football? It's hard to say the dumbest. I mean, it seems like the dumb. Like you fumble it out of bounds, you still keep possession. The fact that it like as long as it crosses the goal line and then out you the touch p- a quarterback's helmet, you get a fifteen yard penalty. That's also really pretty like dumb. <laughs> replay, instant replay is probably the dumbest rule in, in football, in my opinion. <laughs> If you whisper gently into the opposing quarterback's ear, that's an automatic 15. <laughs> no whispering allowed. No whispering sweet nothings. If you're going to say something, it's got to be loud. It's like watching those uh, the mic'd up versions of Andrew Luck when he would get sacked and just start complimenting the defensive linemen, and you could tell they were very uncomfortable with that. I love being able to hear what was going on. And I really hope that broadcasts will embrace that instead of the fake crowd noise. Cause it's, I mean, I know the person's trying and like, I don't know how much experience one can have at creating a crowd reaction noise, but they're not good at it. And it just sounds stupid. It was really cool to hear the players talking to each other during the play. I just hope they embrace that and and just give us that. Yeah. It's like that super, uh, I guess, famous clip of Cam Newton when they were playing the uh, Packers and Clay Matthews was calling out what the, what the route was going to be for Christian McCaffrey and Cam Newton's like, ah, you're watching tape. That's cool. Watch this. And then hikes and scores a touchdown. Incredible. I am so happy Cam Newton's my quarterback. Let's move on. Uh, Denver Broncos heading to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. Anything in this game worth talking about, you guys? Feels to me this game is pretty chalk. Uh, I'm looking to avoid the Broncos running backs. The Steelers looked fantastic bottling up Saquon Barkley. Uh, they made Daniel Jones look... Uh, 
like the bad Daniel Jones, don't want to be a jerk about it. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just, if I can avoid the Broncos, I am. Otherwise, I like the Steelers' defense, and, you know, wh- whoever's playing running back for the Steelers, I wouldn't have much of an allegiance to either guy. Uh, they do not like running back by committee, so whoever gets to start, barring injury, is going to get the workload. So if you can figure out who that is, start with Con. Yeah, the yeah. fact that James Conner already has an injury is less than uh, less than exciting for especially us since we've been well on the James Conner hype train this season. Evergreen uh, podcast uh, topic of conversation is James Conner has a nagging injury that keeps him up for a certain number of weeks. Um, do want to shout out Deontay Johnson, who just because he he was having a pretty rough game, he fumbled that punt return or kickoff return I can't really remember and uh it looked like he was having trouble establishing a connection with Ben Roethlisberger but there was points during that game where you could see Ben talking to Deontay kind of giving him some encouragement which is really what you want to see uh it's really great and after that they started connecting a little bit more so I think that is going to continue and progress throughout the season so Deontay Johnson think real in all his targets but he had a pretty good outing nonetheless Excellent. Uh, All right. Well, let's move on then to the Rams heading to Philly to take on the Eagles. And hopefully we see something better out of Carson Wentz, though, uh, given how this Eagles offensive line is now going up against Aaron Donald uh, and company. I am not entirely sold that we're going to see a better Eagles offense. Is there any update on Miles Sanders? Because the, the Rams did. They were what? I think they gave up fifth most points to running backs uh, last week. What, what's your feeling on that, Nick? Uh, I, I, I don't know the, that stat off the top of my head, but yeah, um, I think it was Adam Kaplan, uh, inside the birds guy, was saying today that, that Miles Sanders looks great at practice. I'm not sure uh, how Lane Johnson is doing. I'm, I'm looking that up right now because that is perhaps like a bigger overall uh, they're all for all, okay sweet so Sanders and and Lane Johnson were both full participants in practice today um, that's big because that line I mean they, that they, offensive you know, line was like trash they were down three starters and and shame on them I, I think I heard that that Wentz had like the the uh, deepest a dot of any passer last week which like I don't know how you go into a season with two actual starting linemen against Washington and then try to continue to like your, your deep ball passing game. Uh, yeah. Didn't like that at all, but Lane Johnson being back will be huge. Nick, as a, as the sub-lieutenant of the SS to Sean Jackson, seeing the fact that Jackson got little play in week one, but Jalen Rager had a, had a kind of big play down the field in, in week one. Are you, do you feel like Deshaun Jackson is clear? The number one, clearly still the number one receiver to have in this offense for week two against the, uh, against the Rams or are you maybe leaning breaking in, in favor of Rager? I, Oh no, I'm not going to break in favor of Rager, but um, I, I, that doesn't mean that I'm, I'm excited to start Jackson. Like I, I seriously didn't um, what the Eagles coaching staff showed in not changing their game plan last week was real bad and they need to get healthy real quick. If, if they're not going to compensate for what they're rolling out on the field, then they need their players to compensate for the coaches. So, um, yeah, I, the idea of Aaron Donald just harassing Wentz all day long does not it's make not me feel good. It's not something we want to look forward to. Right, yeah. Now, we're talking next week, uh, Cincinnati, that's going to be a different story. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. I, oh, go ahead, Jordan. I was just going to throw in real quick. I will say on Deshaun Jackson, uh, per Robert Mays, that he averaged 29.1 air yards per target on Sunday. So, um Oh, and that was, he was targeted seven times. So that wasn't just like a two-time thing where he got open deep. It was several times. And apparently reports are saying that Peterson talked to Deshaun Jackson is going to play much more than 54% of the snaps this week. Oh, so ride or die with Deshaun Jackson. So Rager had more production. uh, But if you watch the game, Jackson was not an afterthought at all. He was getting targeted and he was involved in the game plan, even though he was oddly... uh, 54%. 54%. I hadn't looked that up. It seemed like he wasn't out there a lot. Uh, well, there you go. Stats can be useful. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Jackson also bitched after the game about not being involved enough. And I am a big proponent of uh, weaker teams with, you know, weaker head coaches. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. 
And I think that that's kind of the situation that we're in in Philadelphia and that the coach has already come out and said, I've talked to Deshaun and we're going to get him more action. This makes me believe more that like he'll get a couple of screens, if nothing else, even though he was involved, Wentz was just running around for his life yeah. back there. Uh, things may not get any better against LA, but I'm, I'm still confident in Jackson this week. And Malcolm Brown party until it's not a Malcolm Brown party. Are you, we're, we're right into Malcolm Brown train until the train breaks down. <laughs> Well, I mean, I want it to be Acres. I think that he's more athletic, and I've seen Malcolm Brown play for a couple of years, so I really want it to be Acres. But I, I mean, what? You ride with who they're starting. Brown did fine. Yeah. It's boring, but yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of boring, let's move on to the San Francisco 49ers taking on the New York Jets. Guess what, you guys? Le'Veon Bell has a hamstring injury and is out for a couple of weeks, which means it's Frank Gore season. Frank Gore is about to go up against his former, 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 former team and uh, run train. I Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how the uh, how the workloads are going to play out. Clark, you mentioned the other day that it's it's a revenge game uh, uh, for for Gore and that obviously um, Gase totally loves him. But like I said, Josh Adams outscored him in the box score. So I don't really know what to make of it. Gore did get the nod today for, for the starting job. Um, I think the only thing that's, that's really worth noting is uh, the Tevin Coleman truthers, not necessarily that he's good, but that he's going to get a lot of work. I think this will be a good week for us. Um, the, the Niners receiving core is still pretty banged out. I mean, they brought in Sanu and they'll get him involved to whatever degree they can by giving him, you know, four days where the practice reps, but I, I think that the, the Niners are not going to need to throw in this one. I think it's going to be a, a rushing bonanza. Yeah. I foresee a, a pretty big, whoever it's going to be, whether that's Tevin Coleman or Raheem Mostart uh, type of game. And in the passing game, there's like two options, uh, one on each side of the ball and it's going to be George Kittle and Jameson Crowder who put up some pretty good points on Sunday. And why would you rush Kittle back for this game? Like, I yeah. know it's the NFL and that any team can win any game. And that's really true in this league. But I would take my chances against the Jets and let Kittle sit out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Reed could actually be like a low key streaming option this week because they did say, they said Kittle doesn't have to practice to play, which that I guess that makes sense. But I can see them just doing that to make Adam Gase have to think about it and then not actually roll him out there. I, uh, in one of my leagues, I, added i had miles sanders on ir because you can put players who are out on ir so i had him on ir and now that he's questionable i have to take him off ir but i added uh and we'll we'll talk about him but but i added emmanuel sanders in that one free roster spot and so now i'm really just like i don't want to make any roster moves i'm playing with one over the limit until i really hope <laughs> that george kittle gets the out designation so that i can just pop him down in ir and play it cool for week two so uh, I'm trying not to like to adjust my roster until the very last second where I'll be able to sneak him into the out or he's going to be in or he's going to be questionable and I won't have to do it. Then I got to drop Sanders, which is going to piss me off. Slash that being said, if Kittle is out, I don't have a backup tight end. So illegal roster, Pete. I know. Got to cheat to win. You know, I'm a, I'm a Patriots fan. We, we push the rules. That's what we do here. Uh, not, all right. Well, not trying. exactly. Exactly. That's, that's the motto for this podcast and life. <laughs> uh, and, Bill and Bill Belichick. Well, Bill Belichick like created the motto. Let's move on. Buffalo Bills versus Miami. Shrug emoji. Zach Moss and Devin Singletary <laughs> bounce back game. Um, Preston Williams, you know, I don't see how Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't going to chuck it to him when they're down by two touchdowns in the third quarter. Not real exciting. I think, you know, the dolphins are better, but they got a tough schedule to start with. Yeah. So I'm not excited about them yet. Are we putting any stock in miles Gaskin as the, uh, as the dolphins primary running back after what he, sh after what he showed and how the dolphins used him in week one. I, I ranked him as, as the top guy. Uh, this week and that's really just because I, I don't necessarily I, I watched him uh, up here in Seattle uh, for a number of years he's a dual threat type of running back I don't think that he's particularly uh, like NFL average e but uh, he can do stuff that Jordan Howard and Matt Breida either don't or can't um, that said 
uh, Flores uh, today or yesterday said they want to get Matt Breida more involved. So it's it's a bit of a toss up, but I would say that the dude who can who can play in both facets of the game is is perhaps the best bet. But it's a pretty ugly situation. I'm watching Bert currently trying to pull this blanket off this chair behind me, debating whether or not I just want to let him do it or weigh in. Buddy, what you doing? Leave it. We're going to take a quick ad break. (laughs) (laughs) Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right. We are back, and we are going to start with this is the game that I am actually probably most excited for from a fantasy standpoint. Minnesota Vikings heading to Indianapolis to play the Colts. I tweeted about this. I am going to pub this into the stratosphere. Start Everyone in the receiving game for the Colts. The Vikings secondary looked like hot garbage against the Packers in week one. And they're running out basically just a whole new secondary with a whole bunch of rookies. I know that's like Mike Zimmer's thing is the secondary, but I'm going to capitalize on the fact that they just could not cover anyone. Aaron Rodgers was just roasting and toasting them all week or all game long. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, you got him, you play him, but Paris Campbell, last time I checked, is like 30% rostered in Yahoo. Maybe he's up to like 40. If you're in a deep league or if you're like trying to figure out who you want to play in that flex wide receiver four position, go get Paris Campbell and go put him in your starting lineup. I just think that he emerged as he was nine targets, which tied for T.Y. Hilton, one of Phillip Rivers' top targets. We know Phillip Rivers targets the, the slot receiver, and Paris Campbell looked great. He looked really good, and he's a second-year receiver who's going to continue to like grow into this offense. I think he is primed for a big game this week, uh, and I would be starting him everywhere if I got him. I'm going to be putting him in all my DFS lineups this week. Uh, I am I am all in on Paris Campbell this week against a trash Viking secondary. Yeah, I endorse the the Paris Campbell message. I'll, also, this is the time to trade for T.Y. Hilton. Um, I mean – it it's it's hard to have as bad of a secondary as the Vikings do and Hilton is he he is he is older and he has had some injuries but he is healthy right now and uh I mean Philip Rivers is in he he's a decent like streaming option he he could get game scripted out but I think that there will be at least a brief smoke show going on in their passing game yeah Hilton had some terrible really uncharacteristic drops in week one and I a lot of folks just look at the box score and the box score can give you a lot of information, but don't be fooled. Hilton was definitely involved and just dropped balls that he just doesn't drop. So either he forgot how to be a wide receiver or he just had a bad game and he's about to play a really soft secondary. So I, I'm, I'm all for the play. Everyone Jack Doyle was involved. I think with uh, Marlon Matt going out, you know, make all the jokes you want, but they were depending on him. And so I think that that boosts Naheem Hines, you know, Jonathan Taylor is obviously going to be the, the starter and like rusher back. Uh, but we saw last year with, you know, Austin Eckler and Phillip Rivers that, you know, having two productive running backs is, is not beyond him. And it's not just that we saw it last year. It's that we saw it in week one. We, we, we already see what they're trying to do and they're perfectly fine doing that uh, with the Vikings. I think you start everyone too. Uh, they, the Colts didn't look especially dominant on defense and the Vikings offense it's always hard to tell when the game is getting away uh, from you, how hard the opposing defense is looking, but the Vikings turned it around on offense too. Adam Thielen is kind of obviously like everyone's laughing about <laughs> drafting Adam Thielen at the third or fourth round. It's like, yep, he is who we thought he was. And he's targeted heavily. 
but yeah, the this should be a good one for fantasy games. Yeah, division games can always be a little wonky, but I don't think it's all that great when you let um what's his name? Gardner Minshew chew you up for go for 19, 19 up, for 20. Up 20. That's <laughs> yeah. not what you want, really. Um and yeah, I definitely Adam Thielen is going to be the target hog, it looks like in that passing offense. And we talked about Paris Campbell uh early and often in the offseason, and he looks to me, like he might be more of the Keenan Allen for Philip Rivers because he's he's in the slot, he's athletic, and he can do a, a ton of good things and get a lot of hands on a lot of balls. <laughs> good thing this is an audio medium. Let's move on. The Detroit Lions heading to Green Bay to take on the Packers. Jordan, I know you are shitting yourself with fear for having the uh, Lions entering Lambeau, this formidable Lions team taking on a Packers team that, oh my goodness, boy, did they look struggling against the Vikings, am I right? Um, yeah, uh, the, <laughs> the, Lions, they, the Lions looked decent for about three quarters and then they completely fell apart and let Mitch Trubisky handle them, which was a little jarring. Uh, the Lions defense will get Desmond Trufant back. Um, I don't think that deters you in any way from playing Devontae Adams and having him get what is it, 17 targets or so, just a ton of them. And um, they lost Justin Coleman as well, uh, who is a, a good slot guy. He's not going to be playing this week. And yeah, the Packers, if they have Devontae Adams moving about the uh, formation in the slot, uh, if they put Alan Lazard on the outside for Desmond Trufant to, to handle, then I don't know. The The Lions or, might be in a little bit of trouble and Matt Patricia might be in trouble too. Are you, are you in and buying uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling returning or becoming the number two receiver? Are you buying that hype? No, I honestly, I think his ceiling is what happened on um, Sunday. I, I think that he is very capable of bringing in a couple good passes a game. And he's the guy that's supposed to be, stretching the field opening up everything underneath but um i was telling my friends on sunday that uh mvs is only allowed to concentrate for like a couple plays a game because otherwise he's just either running the wrong way or dropping really easy passes that aaron Rodgers couldn't put better if he just handed him the football yeah if he could catch the ball when he was open he would be a real threat <laughs> always words you want to hear if you're a wide receiver a adrian peterson is the starting running back for the Lions. And as bad as the Lions played, they were one DeAndre Swift uh, wide open catch. From, wide open. From that was a uh, heartbreaking drop. And this is going to be something that I thought these words would never leave my mouth, but this Trubisky actually looked okay last Jordan, week. That would have been so a perfect that's time be for something a to watch. take. Yeah. So just keep an eye on it. Uh, Cordero Patterson got a few carries for the Bears, and I just really want that to be a thing. I really want Cordero Patterson to be the lead back for Chicago. I don't think it's going to happen. But yeah, so the Adrian <laughs> Peterson thing is a thing, and Matt Patricia showed us who he is several times, so we should believe him. And I, I picked up Adrian Peterson for 11 bucks in fab for my $1,000 budget. Felt, felt like the smartest guy in the room. So shout out to you, Matt Patricia. Damn, I spent $25 of my $100 fab budget on Naheem Hines, so... You are playing this game differently than I am, Clark. Yeah, Adrian Peterson, 14 carries, 93 yards, two tar three targets and three catches. That's 100% okay. receiving. I mean, he wasn't – sometimes people rack up yards and it's like third and 26 and they get, you know, 20 yards right. and that's part of the box score. It wasn't. He he ran well. And there, he should have been the dominant touch getter, and he was. Touch – I don't know a better phrase. Touch getter. No, that's 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 the phrase that we'll make into we'll put into circulation. Uh, all right. Well, there you go, Adrian Peterson. Uh, moving on to the Falcons versus the Cowboys. Personally, for me, the, there is one clear play from the Fal. I mean, the Falcons' offense. We talked about this on Tuesday. Good lord, those guys can throw the football around. But I really like Todd Gurley this game. Uh, the Cowboys were really. I mean, Malcolm Brown pieced them, picked them apart. Uh, he had what? Let's bring up. Let's bring up his numbers. Had 18 carries, 79 yards, two touchdowns, and then a catch or three catches for 31 yards. Todd Gurley, we saw be a part of the Falcons' offense against the Seahawks, but then he kind of got gamed out because Matt Ryan just needed to throw the ball 50 times. 
But more so than all of that, more so than the Cowboys struggling with Malcolm Brown last week, they also lost Leighton Vander Esch, uh, one of their stud linebackers. So I, I could see Todd Gurley even having a bigger game, especially when it comes to uh, in the passing game. So I, uh, you, you got me laughing there a little bit because I thought we were going to go with like Russell Gage because they went three wide a bunch and he had like 10 targets. Um, nah. Gurley played 46% of snaps last week. Play Todd Gurley! I, yeah, I think that you're right that he could return like RB2 value, but um, – Which is what you have I him mean, as. Brian, you, what's – Well, I'm saying – I'm just saying if you drafted Todd Gurley, no one drafted Todd Gurley as their RB1, and if you did, good Lord. I apologize, but maybe you shouldn't have fair. done that. Probably but Janet dra- Gurley, but that's it. <laughs> Damn it, Janet. Don't you listen to the show. Uh, but, yeah, I just I, – if Todd Gurley – if you drafted Todd Gurley to be your RB2, this is a week and, – and Jordan and I talked about this on week one starts and sets. If you have Todd Gurley, play Todd Gurley as much as you can at the beginning of the season before his knees eventually give out and he's on a snap count. So, against a, a Dallas defense that struggled to contain Malcolm Brown last week and that lost their star defensive uh, linebacker in Leighton Van Der Esch, run it back. Throw Todd Gurley back in your starting lineup. But I would agree with you, Nick. Don't expect like RB1 production from him, but I think comfortably he will give you uh, RB2 value. Just to, to pump what I was saying there for a second, uh, if they are going to continue to be in shootouts like this, which Chicago next week they're not going to be, they could hit that. They could achieve that though in weeks uh, at least like four through uh, eight. I'll let you all go look at the schedule for that. But I mocked him. Uh, Russell Gage might actually be like a PPR flex option. Um, it's He had 12 targets. Uh, he caught nine of them for 114 yards. He's not somebody that I want to be relying on, but, you know, it's 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 post-week one and we're mining waiver wire and free agency for for solid options, and I yeah, he's earned it. He's a great, he's a great, like, third wide receiver if you're building a DFS lineup because he's probably going to be cheap and he'll more than likely get you production. My note for this game is, yes, you should start that player. <laughs> I get the feeling yeah. that this – uh, this game could turn into a bit of a track meet. Um, the Cowboys definitely have a little bit more to prove after their lackluster performance last week in terms of how many points and uh, how their offense looked overall. And the Falcons with Russell Gage looking pretty good. Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones were still able to get theirs. Um, Michael Gallup should have had a better uh, better day if Jalen Ramsey wasn't like such, such an a good Emmy actor. winning actor. Um <laughs> And yeah, Amari Cooper, uh, CD Lamb was still relatively involved. Uh, so it looks like, and without what's his name, Blake Jarwin, who I've been trying to gas up a little bit this off season, is towards ACL. So that that love fest is over. Um, could be focused heavily on the wide receivers in this matchup. Yeah, it seems like uh, it seems like the Dallas offense will be able to balance all three wide receivers pretty effectively, along with Zeke Elliott which is what we like to hear here on the RB1 show. All right, let's move on to the New York Giants versus the Chicago Bears. And this features Clark's favorite quarterback in the NFL, Mitchell Trubisky, going up against his second favorite quarterback in the NFL, Daniel Jones. Clark, what is your feeling on this game? Well, pretty obvious things like Saquon Barkley is going to be fine. Allen Robinson is going to be fine. These are uh, two bad teams playing against one another. Uh, Chicago only managed to win because the Lions managed to look worse, something that they've excelled at in the past decade. I, I'm not excited about anyone in this game, but yeah, Saquon, truthers, you're you're fine. He, he's good, even though the team's bad, he'll be fine. I'm excited about Allen Robinson this game because Allen Robinson has spent the whole week jazzing up the fact that he wants a long-term extension or he wants to get out of Chicago. And now he's going up against the giants who were just like absolutely eviscerated. That secondary was trash. They gave up third most points to wide receivers uh, in week one. And, you know, Juju broke played against them really well. They just were picked apart. I could see this as a game where Allen Robinson sees like 15 targets. Again, like what you say, Clark squeaky wheel gets the grease. Allen Robinson gets like 16 targets, catches 12 of them for a hundred and, 20 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I feel like that's the vibe that I'm getting from him this week. I have him as like my RB, uh, my wide receiver for this week. I'm all in. Yeah, they're not going to give him an extension, but they're going to try to pay him in targets this week. Yep. Also, can we get uh, New England or uh, 
San Francisco to trade for Allen Robinson. That'd be great. Please and thank you. I like the um, I like the fact that when Saquon Barkley was like minus six yards on six carries to start that game, that he ended up seeing a lot of slot production. Um, they lined him up. They trying to tried to change the way that they used him on the field, which I thought was a good indicator. And even though it was it was Jason Garrett calling the plays, I, I thought that was a pretty uh, good way to keep your best offensive weapon on the field. Um, on the other side, I, I still like Anthony Miller as a possible flex option. Um, his uh, his day might have been saved by a touchdown last week, but I, I like the amount of targets that he was getting, and he didn't look as bad as he did in spots last year. Against a – never mind, they weren't a good secondary. But still, you <laughs> like what you see. All right, well, let's move on then to a defense – that I, yours truly, went and grabbed and am playing this week because, damn it, if they didn't have a great week one, Washington football team heading to the Arizona Cardinals uh, to take on Kyler Murray and his 14 receiving Devon, uh, Devontae, excuse me, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, anyone from this game sticks out to you particularly, Nick? Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely time to apologize for DeAndre, the DeAndre Hopkins uh, doubt. I mean, I'll keep it brief. I'm okay with my process. <laughs> I'm okay with my process. The the history of receivers changing teams, laugh all you like. The history of, of receivers changing teams is not good. And um, I think that, that, like, further studying how Hopkins may have made the transition to the offense uh, is going to be a good thing to do in hindsight to, like, refine the process but i mean it the everything was there with you know him changing teams the cliff kingsbury uh offense being part of mike leach's get every player involved that's what actual balance means not run past balance um yeah i'm ultimately okay with the decision i made to fade hopkins uh given that it was a process and not a like Jody Hopkins is washed kind of a thing or, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, but if you got him, you were very happy and you should be starting him every week this year. Yeah. So like I think a- the, the process is solid. We've seen lots of really good wide receivers go to teams and then perform poorly. I think being wrong about one player doesn't mean that uh, you should hang your head, right? Like I'm, I'm wrong all the time. It doesn't bother me at all. Uh, so yeah, my note for this game is I'm starting the Washington defense. I went out and got them. It may be that the Eagles offensive line was so beat up uh, that they never had a chance or uh, that Washington drafting only people who play linebacker and defensive lineman for the past five years is finally starting to pay off. Uh, So I want to bet on the former Kyler Murray is running for his life against a pretty stout San Francisco 49ers defense. So we'll see if he can do that again. Uh, I'm betting against it. Uh, anyone not named DeAndre Hopkins, I'm sitting in this game. I'm going with Roethlisberger instead of Murray on one of my teams, just to give folks an idea of what I mean by sit Kyler Murray. So, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I just want to say, Nick, <clears throat> your process is incredible. Like, I just – I I was laughing not because not because I think it's – I thought you were funny or anything. I was laughing because only on this show – does one does something happen and and you hear one of us nick especially being like i've reevaluated how i grade people i will take this into consideration i will be better whereas i'm totally on clark's bit like it where it's like oh we're on to cincinnati I've been, I've been telling you not to touch deandre hopkins this year and i've been like well fuck it i was wrong my bad <laughs> no self-improvement deal with it everyone you're getting this for free anyways I appreciate so, the kind words, Pete. Hats, hats, to, hats off to Nick for wanting to be a better person, whereas I'm happy to just let you stew in your own wrongdoings. But this, this is the opportunity. Washington was still available after waivers ran in all of my yes. weeks. If they do this again, they're going to be a hot waiver pickup. And I know, you know, you can talk shit about people playing DST instead of IDP all we want, but most people play DST games and you want sacks and you want interceptions and yes. fear of being sacked is how you get good interceptions out of a bad secondary so if you have an extra roster spot even if you don't believe in washington pick them up this week because if they do the same thing against the cardinals they're going to be that dst that we see a couple of these every year that came out of nowhere that really tilt some matchups for you yeah it would be it's good to just grab a decent defense now 
um, there's still, and in my mind of thinking where I'm like, oh, I still need to see a little bit more out of Washington, just based on how much Philly was beat up their line. Uh, Arizona's not actually exactly putting out a bunch of world beaters on their offensive line, but Kyler Murray is much more dynamic to be able to get away from some of those guys up front for Washington. Um, one additional thing I'll add is that uh, not to freak out about Kenyon Drake um, just yet. He didn't really show how effective he was in the box score around your fantasy score, but he was still in the top 10 for running backs in terms of um, defensive defense adjusted yards above replacement and DVOA. Uh, so hopefully this week that'll start to reflect a little bit more. Do we know anything about the uh, the Washington secondary? Because I, I think that, that week one was a hugely lopsided mismatch of O-line and D-line. But are we actually is, – is there a talent-based fear of Kyler Murray tossing picks, or is this solely on the D-line? I would say solely D-line. Me okay. parroting what I have heard others say, and I follow yeah. good people on Twitter like you gentlemen, uh, the secondary is not very good. But the pass rush is some legit. This was the year that they were hoping they would take a step forward. And it's one of those uh, one half of the defense can really drive the others. Like the Patriots don't really have any pass rushers, but none of your receivers are open. So they get pressure because you have to hold the ball for so long. Mm -hmm. And what we've seen for a long, long time, at least in Houston, we saw when they were getting pressure on people, the secondary doesn't have to be very good. They can gamble because they know the quarterback's not going to have time at least in week one, it was very much the quarterback had no time and the secondary wasn't playing lights out. They just had some really obvious reads of Carson Wentz is going to throw the ball and he's breaking right now because if he doesn't, they'll, they'll be the ninth sack that they get today. Yeah. Uh, I have uh, Landon Collins sitting back there in the upper level of the secondary, but they also have Ronald Darby and Kendall Fuller, which this isn't exactly their first team that they've played for. So they're, Wonderful is not bad. He's just had injuries. The most memorable yeah. thing to me about the Washington secondary is that they'll often practice against the, the Texans, and DeAndre Hopkins has injured uh, two different quarterbacks who decided to talk <laughs> shit to them by breaking their ankles. Most notably, DeAndre Hall. De yeah. No, yeah, DeAndre. Is that I don't want to celebrate someone getting hurt. D'Angelo. Excuse me. Yeah, D'Angelo Hall getting absolutely roasted in practice. Ah, uh, who knew? You guys, that you tuned into the show for a deep dive into the Washington football team defense. Here for it. Uh, also, before we leave this game, God, this game, so much to talk about. I think this is the Anthony Gibson breakout game. This is this is the I game hope so. Antonio, we wanted him Antonio, to be. Antonio, Gibson. God damn it! Why am I, I terrible yeah. with names? I the only the only okay. Uh, he's you, he needs to be added. If he's a free agent, then you yes. need to go at him because by the end of this year, he's going to be like a weekly RB2. Um, Peyton Barber is going to be getting goal line work though. And that sucks for Antonio Gibson right now. So frustrating. Um, yeah, it, it, it really, really is. Uh, the final, final uh, thing here, if you need help at tight end, Logan Thomas is, I think he's going to be a great option. This is a very narrow passing tree with Haskins just going, uh, there's Terry and then there's Logan <laughs> and sometimes Steven Sims. Yep. Uh, Washington football team, you guys, a, a haven for fantasy points. Let's move on. Kansas City Chiefs heading to LA to play the Chadges. Like a school teacher writing on a board, it's Jock, baby. I think Joshua Kelly is someone worth picking up if you haven't. Uh, talked about him a few days ago. He's the uh, thunder of the thunder and lightning with Eckler, if you want to be so generous. If you don't, he's the backup running back for the chargers uh i think anthony lynn is going to be perfectly willing to still hand the ball off on first and second down even when the chargers are down by 25 in this one so i think all of the running backs are going to get theirs so this that that's exactly what i wanted to bring up here i think that this is this week is going to be a litmus test for what the chargers coaching staff is going to do with austin eckler if they don't ratchet up his passing him usage as they're just being shellacked in this one and they're just like first and second down Eckler rushes up the gut I think that's going to be panic button it'll be interesting to see how Kansas City reacts to San Diego's pass rush they have a really good pass rush and a very poor secondary we we're just talking about Washington you know chicken and the egg there I think Andy Reid or uh, Mike Bienemy is he the offensive coordinator yep. 
I think they're creative enough to get around that, but that'll be something interesting to watch. The Bosa is apparently very good at rushing the quarterback. Uh, something I just totally created in the spur of the moment. Our, whoo, I'm a little bit worried list. We'll have a better name for it, I promise. But so far, <laughs> we have uh, Odell Beckham, Mike Evans, and Austin Eckler on that list as players who, if this week doesn't necessarily pan out for them, it might be time to panic. It might be time to trade them. So, well done, us. What a cool, what a cool idea created by us uh let's move on we have the baltimore ravens heading to houston to take on clark's texans clark i don't want to talk how... about it i don't i don't want to i think from a fantasy lens you start everyone in this game and only because deshaun watson is so good that the texans will probably get theirs it's that's a tough way to open the season to start with the chiefs and then then play the, the play the Ravens, play the two best teams in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. not, not exactly tough. how you want to start a year. I think one of the most interesting things about this one is Will Fuller, Clark. And what what at least my understanding is of what I watched him do last week was he assumed DeAndre Hopkins' role. Plays it differently because they're very different football players. But he had like 11 targets or something, and they yeah, were not just sending him straight clearly down. Clearly the number one guy. Yeah, short to intermediate area of the field, too. In this matchup where, I, I, okay, it's don't, um, I'm not comparing to Sean Watson and Baker Mayfield, but after what we saw out of Beckham, what are we, how are we feeling about Will Fuller this week as what looks to be like the real deal X receiver of this team? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to play him, but I think that that's a very good point. We'd, from what we saw in week one, I would like to see Deshaun Watson spread it around a little bit. Uh, nobody got deep it seemed all game and that is an element that the offense sorely needs uh, but like you mentioned Will Fuller isn't just running deep uh, a lot of in-breaking routes a lot of comeback routes so definitely the number one role which is weird for him I think that with the volume that he's getting you still start him even realizing this week may not be his best week is it weird to think that if Will Fuller is running like different routes and is being utilized in a different way that he will leap out of the James Conner zone and not be hit with like a lingering hamstring or something that just seems to to plague him because he just seems to be so fast that he runs out of his hamstrings. Interesting. Maybe if if he doesn't run like dead 50-yard sprints five times a game that he won't tweak his hamstring. I'm I'm here might for help that with idea. wear and tear. I don't know. Yeah. I feel a little silly saying this because I'm I don't know if this is just because I'm too close to it and I don't want to be obvious, but David Johnson's going to get an, an incredible amount of volume for the, the rest of the season when he's healthy. So you should start him. Even though Johnson looked really good, you guys. Yeah. RB one football outsiders. <laughs> RB one, David Johnson. Uh so let's weird. move, let's move on. Nick, I want you to start this game because you put out your quarterback rankings. And I need you to keep pumping me up, baby, because the New England Patriots are heading to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. And you, my friend, are all about that Cam Newton, who I cannot get enough of. I I, uh, I wish somebody could have been holding my phone for me on Sunday. Um, I will, we'll hit on the Cam Newton thing, but this whole Russ cooking deal. It's going to take a whole lot more than four quarters for me to believe this is real, especially after today, Pete Carroll comes Pete out and goes, we do need to run the football more. Pete like, Carroll's like, this... Pete like, it's nice that Car- Chris Carson got involved in the pass game, but I also want to give him 20 touches on the ground. It's a, yeah, dude. Um, and I, I re-listened to, uh, to some of our stuff from earlier this week earlier today and and Clark talking about like Carlos Hyde out there for like 12 carries I'm like <laughs> oh my god um uh, uh, luckily I don't care anymore so it's not an emotional thing for me but um oh bullshit <laughs> <laughs> I'm shielding myself everyone Let's, on the podcast is called bs on that yeah um no I, I I think we saw the 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 risk with with this kind of a coach last year with Jason Garrett where Kellen Moore was just 
annihilating teams with play action early on. And then in like week three and four, it dialed back and back and back. And it was very clear they, they had suddenly Jason Garrett had just pushed his playbook in front of Kellen Moore again. Um, I, I have little confidence that the, the uh, lights out passing game will continue through the season for the Seahawks for the time being. I think that uh, Carroll might actually face backlash if he were to just dial it back this week after so much success in week one, which to go back to pumping you up, Pete, um, Thank I you. think both eventually well we're getting for, here. Yeah, no, I was, I was, I was building <laughs> really making me satisfaction. work for it. Yeah. Um, so Cam Newton, yeah, he, he's the number four quarterback for me this week. And what we saw, which I, frankly, I think the, the biggest fright in week one was if the Patriots just pummeled the Dolphins, which we all expected to happen, would they just pull Cam out of fear for uh, injury? And I, I put in the, the, the preview that last week that my interpretation of, or excuse me, the team preview, uh, my interpretation of their deal is that it's, it's a real prove it deal. They're asking Cam Newton to prove to them why they should give him a long-term contract and not just, uh, yeah, I don't know, do, do a one and done with him. And he answered, I mean, they, they just became this old school ground and pound team. Well, actually not even old school ground and pound team because they had their quarterback just, just smoking the, the it's, defense. It's so. like the, it's like the, it's like Carolina at its heyday combined with like what Baltimore's doing with Lamar all in one. And it's incredible. It's power running and, with a quarterback. Yeah. And yeah, and he's 250 pounds. Um, so carrying that over to this week, I think that he's, he's going to be, his arms going to be unleashed a little bit more because they're going to have to keep pace. But at the same time, they're the the Seattle Seahawks best pass rusher is their safety they're not going to have anybody it yeah I mean it's Jamal Adams um they are not going to be able to put pressure on Newton at all and I think his rushing ability is going to be on full display again this week um six point TDs for Cam every game yeah so Cam looked good and I am for the Cam Newton experience Clark, don't try to bring me down. Uh, the offense looked a little rough against a not very good Dolphins team. But the, the Bucks offense looked a little rough too. And I have confidence that they're going to turn it around. Uh, New England is a team that would have definitely benefited from some preseason games. And it showed in week one, even through all of those flaws though, you know, really exciting for what's going to happen here. Really exciting for just the real football aspect of this game of we get to watch two of the league's best quarterbacks play in prime time. I'm really excited about it. Uh, I think everyone is going to be fine in this game. We're still trying to figure out what's going to happen with the New England backfield. Uh, Sony Michelle was on waivers in one of my leagues, so I don't know how that happened, but picked him up, decided to, you know, take one more shot at it on the old Patriots backfield. Uh, yeah, I think Cam and Russ are definite starts. Yeah, since you since you tried to, tried to quelch my fire a little bit, I'm going to retaliate by saying that I don't trust everyone in this game. I think that the Patriots are going to use the strategy of double teaming uh, Tyler Lockett and putting Stefan Gilmore on DK Metcalf, uh, just because Gilmore is much better with a big physical receiver, as opposed to the smaller shiftier guys, just given Gilmore size. So in that sense, uh, if Gilmore does line up across DK Metcalf, I am not playing DK Metcalf in any leagues. Greg Olson season. Here we go. Greg Olson season. Let's go. Will Disley. Um, <laughs> you know what? I like that even though like the the New England offense, they didn't put up a lot in terms of points, but it did it did uh, you know quell my fears of snagging Cam Newton in one of my redrafts that no matter what, if that's happening, he's still going to be able to get his points. And I think that if they start to fall behind on the Seahawks. They are going to really lean on Cam to either pick up big chunks of yards with his feet or, um, you know, passing to Julian Edelman, who still looked like he was productive and could run around a little bit. Um, on the other side, I, I do like that thinking of Stefan Gilmore going on DK Metcalf and then Tyler Lockett being double teamed. I, we've seen uh, Bill do that a couple times and, this is the primetime game of the week. So I, I feel like Bill might Bill might showcase a little bit of something against the Seahawks. First name basis with uh, Bill Belichick on this show. That's just how ingrained we are into NFL culture. 
Uh, sometimes I call him Billy. <laughs> it's okay. What did I? What was my uh, uh, JJ Grugru? I mean, we all have we all have <laughs> nicknames for for stud uh, coordinators and coaches. Anyways, final game of the week: New Orleans Saints heading to Las Vegas. Is this the Las Vegas home opener in their brand new stadium in Sin City? I believe so. Monday night. Uh, Obviously, big news is that Michael Thomas, we talked about this at the top of this show, Michael Thomas out with a high ankle sprain will miss three-ish weeks, I think. Um, Again, a situation where, like what we were hoping the 49ers do with George Kittle, it's like, rest your stud, let him fully recover so that this doesn't nag throughout the year. Uh, I'll throw this question out to anyone who wants it. Clark, got it. Who is is the number – is it – is the guy to go get or the guy who's going to benefit most from this Emmanuel Sanders, Jared cook, uh, Alvin Kamara. What is this saints offense going to look like without Michael Thomas? I was really disappointed that Emmanuel Sanders had been smartly drafted in all of my leagues and by not me in any of them. I think that Emmanuel Sanders is the obvious beneficiary, but I think in this game uh, specifically, someone I want to talk about is Latavius Murray. Uh, the Bucks just really shut down the run against the Saints, and Sean Payton was totally feeling himself with trick plays and all of this uh, going into like a, a featured matchup. You know, Brady and Breeze playing together. I think that we're going to see a whole lot more rushing and that means a whole lot more Latavius Murray and so that's someone who may have been dropped or who is out there who'd be a really low-end kind of RB3 flexish person because I just don't think that the Saints are going to have much trouble against the Raiders and so Sanders may not even have a breakout game because they're not going to need it and they already spread the ball around so much anyway I really think the beneficiaries in this one are going to be the running backs because I just expect the Raiders just to get handled. I love Sean Payton going into like the very back of his playbook in week one of the season. That's just right. Like let's, why are we not, why are we pulling this out in like the very first game? Why are we not saving this for maybe like when you guys play the bucks again and it's a big game. So I do think that, um, that we need to really determine whether or not it's going to be the Traquan Smith show or the Emmanuel Sanders Sanders show. And I think that if either one of these guys is out there, they need to both be added. And I, you know, you guys touched on, on Sanders, but um, I'm, I'm checking out the snap count right now. And I, I think that, that Smith actually, uh, out snapped Sanders last week. And I know that, that Sanders might just get like full on, uh, slot receiver usage, but I kind of think Smith is going to end up kind of taking over as the X. Yeah, he did. Traquan Smith did out snap Emmanuel Sanders last week. So if, if Traquan is out there, I would be going to add him. Um, but to, plug my Nick versus the podcast thing. It's going to be a big old <laughs> week for the Josh Jacobs uh, showdown here, because as you said, Clark, the Bucks had a very difficult time running on New Orleans, New Orleans. I, they, I didn't get to watch every game, but to me, I was best defense that I watched all week. Yeah. For those sitting at home, uh, Nick over at fake does the running back rankings, Josh Jacobs, Sitting all the way at running back 16 this week after posting. I was just uh, about to say outside of the top 15. Just, yeah. just I mean, just barely. Not, not for sure that he's going to finish there, but I mean, people who think Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette are done for the year because they've looked at how they produced against the Saints. I That is not, that story has not been written yet. The Saints defense is good again. All right. I think Ronald Jones could have saved his fantasy day if he had scored a touchdown. Uh, 17 for 66 isn't the greatest, but I mean, we don't really know if Ronald Jones is even that good. And they had to abandon the run at one point. I had to watch Josh Jacobs just tear into one of my fantasy teams because he was on the other side, just reeling in, you know, catches. He was getting six targets, 46 yards off of those. And dropping three touchdowns he just he looked like the guy in Oakland and um especially when Henry Ruggs went down for a brief minute yeah all right well there you go there's the whole litany of games and our meandering our way through them and before we go we do it every week uh she still is a hundred percent I believe we'll see ultimately on Jordan's uh Jordan's drafting as to what whether or not what her prediction was week one. But anyways, it is time to call the best fantasy mind we know 
and bring her up and pose her a difficult to start sit question. It is time to contact the Oracle. Might be Oracle list. I'll take the question, Pete. Okay. Yeah, voicemail, Kathy Rogers. All right. Well, uh, after trying to contact the Oracle, the Oracle is away in her spirit land and she can't be fully uh, contacted. So Clark is doing his best to channel the Oracle. He's put his hand out into the ether and is is letting it transmit through him. Clark, we have a a question here from a listener uh, on Twitter at Lee Little O3 or Knee Little O3. Uh, and he asks, this is very topical because it's two players who we've talked a lot about on the show. Would you start Jared Cook versus the Las Vegas Raiders or Paris Campbell versus Minnesota? Jared Cook. Well, there we go. The Oracle through Clark has spoken. It's amazing how much easier uh, when the Oracle is filtered through you, Clark, she, she comes to a decision rather than normally when we get her, uh, uh, you know, speaking through this atmosphere, she uh, takes a lot more, a lot more facts need to be presented to her before she fully yeah, makes a I decision. Actually, so since I can take some, I'm going to go with Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell. Oh. Yep. Okay. I feel like that's better. If you had, okay. like, I just feel like you had to start a tight end. And so I was going to say Jared Cook, no matter what. So yeah, Paris Campbell. Okay. And we're done. All right. And we're done. Look at that. Well done, everyone. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to the Fate Teams podcast wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. That is where you'll find us. And not only how you'll get us, the RB1 Fantasy Football Podcast, but also our Fantasy Baseball and Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. If you have questions for us, make sure to tweet them at us. Uh, And if you have questions for the Oracle, we record this on Wednesday night. So make sure you get your questions in for the Oracle ahead of then. Uh, You can follow myself at PM Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27. And Nick at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. We will be back at you next week. Good luck to everyone out there for week two. Until then. Peace.